We are here on a Wednesday night, and it is the 28th of December. So this will be the last podcast of 2022. It started in January of this year, the podcast, and we are at, we are thinking that tonight is number 99, 99 podcasts that have gone out. So we've done one for every Sunday except for the one here recently that didn't get recorded. And then we've done, evidently, we've done almost all Wednesday nights this year because that's you know, pretty close to being two a week if uh, this would have been 100 if we would have captured that one. So that's pretty, pretty good, isn't it? Pretty, pretty good to think about, pretty neat to think about that many podcasts going out. Tonight, we'll be continuing with Deuteronomy, and I've got all kinds of uh, different books laid out up here. The most important one, of course, is the Holy Bible, and we'll be reading from there. I have a, I'm going to show you this book here. This is called Synopsis of the Books of the Bible. And it's by J.N., which I think is John Nelson Darby. You ever heard of Darby before? Yeah. Yeah. He had a version uh, of, uh, of the Bible that he put together. I think it was a parallel where it showed the King James and then his, his translation to the side of it. But I, don't, I, I've, I had never seen that but I did see it in the letter that came with these books. Now this is, this is volume one right here, and there's five volumes that come in the set. And I, I was eyeballing these down at Scripture Truth down in Fincastle. It was up on the top shelf so that little kids like me couldn't reach it. So... I took Lee down there Thursday, and we were going through, looking at everything, just, just having a ball. It was just fun as it could be. And I, I mentioned to him, I looked up on that top shelf, I pointed up there, I said, see those books with the black ends on them? I said, that set of five, um, I looked up the guy who did them, he was born in 1800. So that's a good sign. And... He, you know, he goes by his first two initials, right, J.N. Darby, and of course, you know, he was using the King James Bible back then in 1800. So, I, show, I, I told Lee, I said, I, it's, I can't do it now, but soon I'm going to get those books. So, the next day on Friday, he called up to Scripture Truth and bought them for me. And then he called me and said, you're going to have to go pick them up because I can't drive you. You know, he can't drive. So I had to go back up there. But I didn't go right away. I was so tempted just to jump in the vehicle and go up there on Friday. But I had just been there the day before. So I felt a little guilty about going right back up there the next day. But I knew these things were up there waiting on me. It was tough. It was really tough. And I knew that uh, George and Gina were here on Sunday. So we had um, 
they, Gina wanted to go to the bookstore. Todd wanted to take her up there. So we all got together on Monday. We went up there and uh, had a good time. And I was able to leave without spending any money at all. I don't think that's ever happened at Scripture Truth. It's a first. And I walked out of there with a box of books. So thank you, Lee, uh, for um, this wonderful Christmas present. And the number three, volume three, they're all about the same size. They're divided up very evenly. And number three covers Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's it. So that third volume, he, you can tell he gets into a lot of detail with the Gospels, the four Gospels. The first one is Genesis through Second Chronicles. The last one is Colossians through Revelation. And you can figure out the other without me telling you. Okay, uh, so I just wanted to share that. There's two more sets of them down there, by the way, and they're only 80 bucks for that set. Now, the reason Lee didn't buy them when we first went in there, and did, he thought he could get online and find them cheaper somewhere, and he was mistaken he, it, by a lot. He couldn't find them anywhere close to that price. So these little uh, Warren Wizerby, Wearsby, Wearsby books, it's little commentaries. They could, if you know, they may be priced at around fifteen dollars. Some of them are priced at. Uh, it, if you look at the back, it says uh, fourteen ninety nine for this one, and I think I pay nine ninety nine for for this. And they're they're really good. All right, so let's get going with uh, Deuteronomy. We're in chapter five, and we have gone through the first four commandments now. Remember that in Exodus 20, 1 through probably 17 or so, there's the, that's when the commandments were first written in, well, they were first spoken then, but in our Bibles, that's where we see them. Because our Bibles are talking about what happened, and Moses wrote what he heard from God. So did you know that when the Ten Commandments were first talked about, they were, they were spoken, but, they did, but we, we think of those stone tablets where the Ten Commandments are wrote on those. But that didn't happen until, I'm pretty sure, Exodus 31, when they were wrote on the stone tablets. Moses uh, brought those tablets down off the mountain, and what did he find? a golden calf that the children of Israel were wanting something to, to worship, and Aaron had taken the gold that had come out of Egypt that was on everybody, earring, golden earrings, took them off, melted them down, he made the, the calf. Well, Moses was so upset by what he saw, what did he do? He broke them. He slammed them. He just broke up those things, those, the two ta uh, stone tablets. So then you get to probably three or four more chapters over, and then you see where God redoes it. And then you get the tablets that were kept that they, they had for a long time after that. So that's the history of the Ten Commandments as far as how they appear in the Bible. Here in Deuteronomy... Moses is going back over a lot of their history, and now he's talking about the law again and coming, up, coming out of Egypt. 
So this is a repeat of the Ten Commandments, and there's slight differences here and there. I mean, when you get to thou shalt not kill, that's pretty much the same, but there's other places like remember the Sabbath in Exodus and keep the Sabbath in Deuteronomy. Just little different wording, and also think about this, this, the Sabbath rest, when, when Moses talked about it in Exodus, he made reference to creation and then God resting on the seventh day and how they were to do likewise, get all their work done and rest. But in, the, uh, in this account, it doesn't talk about the rest of creation. It is the rest that they're supposed to be doing, especially when they enter into the promised land. And he reminds them, he doesn't say anything about creation here, but he talks about them being, remember that you've been delivered out of Egypt and that you were slaves there. And if you have slaves now, you have servants, make sure they honor it too and don't make them work on that day as well. And, it, and he reminds them, you were slave once, and you know what it's like to have to be under a taskmaster and work every day of the week, having no time off whatsoever. He said, it's not just for you, the nation of Israel, but it's for your men's servants, your maid servants, even your animals. If you're working your animal, your ox or your donkey, and you're working them seven days a week, you shouldn't do that. They need a rest as well. And that's what he talks about here. So, so you'll see some the little differences. Now, uh, we finished up at 14, I'm pretty sure, last Wednesday. And maybe it was 15. Yeah, 15. Now, with verse 16 of Deuteronomy 5, now we're go there's, a, there's a transition that is happening here with the Ten Commandments. Now, we went over the first four, so you should know them. This should be something that you should just be able to tell people at any time. You should be able to. And the way you remember Scripture is you, you, you break it down into smaller sections to where you can mem remember, remember something because you get it bunched up together for this, and then another section bunched up for this, and it helps you to remember if you can break it down. It's, it's like remembering the, uh, the 12 sons of Jacob. You can, you can say, well, these two are Rachel's. And, and that, that's really easy for you to remember. And then you could say, well, these six are from uh, Leah, and the, there was four born first, and there was a little gap between the other two. And try to, and these two are from one of the handmaids, and these two are from the other. And, you, and, and it helps you to remember things. So the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with God. It deals with our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And when you think about that, think of that's a vertical relationship, we're down here, he's in heaven, and we think, have no other gods before me, 
make no graven image, number two, and then do not use the Lord's name in vain, and then remember or keep the Sabbath day. All of that's our relationship from here on earth to God in heaven. And notice it's vertical. So if you're listening to this, I'm making a, you know, a gesture with my hand straight up and down. And then as we get to this fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, when, you, when a little child comes into the world, when they look up to their father and mother, that's where they're going to get their first image of God the Father. So it's a transition. And then when you get to the last five, that's our instructions on how we are to relate to those who are on this earth, everybody around us, and I'm making a motion with my hand, this horizontal look at the Ten Commandments. And what am I making when I'm doing up and down like this and then like this? That's a cross. And the cross is a little high. It doesn't, it doesn't cross in the middle. It crosses a little bit higher. And that's where honor your mother and your father is that transition point. So now we're going to talk about the commandments that are for our neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. So six, verse 16 says, Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So that's that transitional one. But that's where it starts is in the home. You know, the home is attacked so much. We, we, we're ha- we have a new bill that just got passed in Congress where it's the Protection of Marriage Act or something like that. All that bill is going to do is going to allow our government to persecute you if you say that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the way God designed it. That bill that sounds so good by the way they present it and the way they talk about it, and make you an evil person if you're against it, that bill is going to be the very thing that they use to put people in jail for not honoring a same-sex marriage. It's going to happen. But honor thy father and thy mother. There should be a man and a woman married with God as their head, and they should bring children into the world and be a good teacher. The father and the mother will be a good teacher to that child and tell them all about the Lord, all about God Almighty. And when that happens, these next things shouldn't be that hard. Thou shalt not kill. Neither shalt thou commit adultery. Neither shalt thou steal. Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife. Neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or donkey, or anything that is thy neighbor's. This book 
believe it or not, did not come from Scripture Truth, because I've had this a very long time. It's called Meredith's uh, Complete Book of Bible List by Joel L. Meredith. And it's a collection of Bible facts. And I don't know what year I bought it, but uh, I've had it for a very long time. And uh, it's got a list of the Ten Commandments in here, because that's one of the lists in the Bible. But he also has in here the two greatest commandments and the new commandment. Now, I read from three different Gospels last Wednesday night talking about the greatest commandments. He uses the one uh, out of Matthew. And I, and I told you I like the one out of Mark a little better, the way it's worded. And then there was an, another one, the, a new commandment, that I didn't get to last week, but he has it in here. And it's in my notes to read it uh, out of John 13, and I, I failed to do so. But anyway, you know, you know the Ten Commandments. You all should know them, right? I just read them all, pretty much. I've said a few, and I've read them all. So you should know them. If you don't know them, uh, have it done by next Wednesday night. Have it done. I told you all about the, the guy at the jail who couldn't do it. I'm trying to remember his name. Super good guy. Awesome guy. And if you met him, you would, you would not be able to understand. You, you, you could have never dreamed up why he was in jail. It's like, how could this guy ever go, in, go to jail? Super good guy. And I, I just came in there one night, and I had them just ask, is there anybody in here that can tell me the Ten Commandments right now without looking at your Bible? Just, just who can do it? And he wanted to do it so bad, but he couldn't do it. And he was so ashamed of himself not knowing them all. And I can't remember if anybody was able to do it. But the following week, not only could he just name them off, but he read or it, he just remembered every single thing that's actually written in the Bible about the Ten Commandments. It, it's a lot more than have no other gods before me. It's, it's pretty detailed and make no graven image. It's very detailed. It's, it takes up some space. If you read that, he read, he quoted, I'm looking in my Bible, because I, when I realize what he's doing, I got to turn into the Bible to follow along, and he nailed it, all of it. All ten, and he was so happy with himself. He was so proud. And he should have been. Have no other gods before him. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Thou shalt not take the, Lord's, uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep, it, to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. Because there was a whole list of things, and he was able to just, all of those things that it said. <clears throat> now, the two greatest commandments, I'm going to re read out of uh, this here, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. And I showed you last week, you flip over to, to chapter 6, and you see that here in Deuteronomy, that greatest commandment. And then, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then in John chapter 13, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, 
that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's, that's the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Now, according to some commentaries, it'll say, all the Ten Commandments reappear in the New Testament except for the Sabbath one. That's the only one that's not, that we are not instructed to do. But when you look at when Jesus repeated commandments, remember the rich young ruler came to him and said, what must I do to inherit or get eternal life? And Jesus actually says, keep the commandments and you'll be good. And the, and the guy very quickly said, well, I've done that since my youth. You know, there's got to be something else. And he was right. So in Matthew 19, 17 through 19, Mark 10, 19, Luke 18, 20, you're only going to get six, and one of them is the new one. So most of the time, and even Paul in Romans 13, 9, he only says the last five and then he puts in there, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, which is the new commandment. So in, in Romans 13, 9, he says, thou shalt not commit adultery. So he gets adultery above, thou shalt not kill. So he doesn't do it in exact order. And then he says, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear, bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And then he says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So if you're doing that one, you're going to cover the other ones. But he throws that in. Honor thy mother and father is uh, one that they put in uh, in Luke and Mark, but over in Matthew, it oh yeah, it does say that in Matthew as well. Um, so, but it doesn't say you don't see have no other god before me. The ones that deal with God, they're not repeated in these situations in the Gospels. But they got to be somewhere in the New Testament because if that commentary is right, now here's some some things to think about. If you get really good at, uh, let's just say, you decide not to, you're going to quit killing people, and you actually follow the Ten Commandments, and are you going to be proud of yourself? You know, hey, I don't kill anybody anymore. Well, back in the Old Testament, if you killed somebody, you're doomed. It, it, you know, if it was, it's because it, when it says thou shalt not kill, what it means is thou shalt not murder. So even if you killed somebody accidentally, their family could wipe you out and it would be okay. So you had those cities of refuge that you had to go to. Well, let's say you've never killed anybody. Hopefully, that's everybody here. You haven't killed anybody. And, you, and you're kind of proud of yourself. You know what? Oh, that one, it would have been justified for sure. You know, uh, what did Jesus say about that? Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said, Thou shalt not kill, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So you being angry at somebody 
to Jesus, that was like murder. You're guilty of that commandment, thou shalt not kill if you are angry at someone. You've broken it. What about, thou shalt not commit adultery? Well, if you have never done that, and you're feeling a little proud, especially men, now he, I know he's looking at men when he says this. He's, uh, for, that, for that one, he says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So even though a man could be proud of himself for never actually committing adultery, he is guilty because of what Jesus says right here. Um, On uh, the Unashamed podcast, the, the one of the most recent ones, they had a special, and it's the greatest moments of Cy Robertson. So when Cy would come on the show as a guest and some of the things that he said, and it's hilarious. Uh, he's, it was all, the, uh, throughout the whole hour of the podcast, it was just a repeat of things that Cy said that was so funny. Um, one was talking about a drill sergeant when he was in the Army, how one of their main drill sergeant left for some reason, they got a new one, and they said, he, he, he was going, this man was a man. He was huge. He was like 450 pounds. And he said at, at uh, Camp Benning, I think is where he was, for training, he said, there was no walking there. You ran everywhere you went. And he said, you couldn't say anything to this 450-pound drill sergeant because he ran everywhere with us. But he said when he showed up, we watched the taxi cab come up. And he said it was sparks flying out from under the car all the way in. He got out, the taxi lifted up, and the taxi drove off, no sparks. And, and, and so he's, ta- he's telling this story, and they're thinking, is he exaggerating? He's probably exaggerating because he says some crazy stuff, you know. He's, he's, he exaggerates. But Sai he, was, te- was telling a story because he had become very famous, and everywhere he went, people wanted to meet him. And he was at, um, they were doing an event, and they were at, uh, I think they were in Las Vegas or something like that, and it was some type of a gambling nightclub situation. And they were in there, and this very attractive woman, young woman, walks up to him, had passed by him several times, and finally walked up, and was asking, are you him? She's like, what? He's like, well, that depends on who he, he are you, you know, who, who that him is. You know, what are you talking about? She said, from that duck show? And he went, yes. And, and his mind was, how can I share Jesus with her? That's, what, that's all he was trying to figure out. How am I going to introduce Jesus to this woman? And she said, who is the most fascinating person you've ever met. And he went, well, here I am trying to think of how I'm going to introduce somebody to you, and you ask the question, it's Jesus. Jesus is the most amazing person I've ever met. And he said, you know why he is so amazing? And he said, you know, me, a man that is sinful, he said, I can't look at you and not have lust in my my mind, but Jesus never, ever would have had that same thought. 
He would look at you as a sister and have no bad thoughts whatsoever. And he was explaining to her, because he said she was, a very, she was used to turning heads and people noticing her. And he wanted to make sure she understood that that's how amazing Jesus was, that he was the Son of God. Well, she never really, but there was another lady that was right down from her that was listening to everything that he said. And when that woman left, the other woman came over and said, tell me more about Jesus. I need to know him. Because she, all, she went there to try to find fun and joy, and all she did was have misery. And he said, well, you need to quit coming to this club, and you need to find a church that's got a bunch of like-minded people that you can be with. And he, he explained to her, you know, that, that's her, her mindset needed to be that way. <clears throat> and it, it also had that one on there where he's, you know, I'm just made of dirt. And talking about all the miles and miles of blood vessels in his body, he was going on and on about that. And uh, he's like, for God to be able to use me, I'm just made of dirt. But, you know, it's good soil when he gets a hold of you. You will produce fruit for him. So I had that little clip on there. But it was a, that was a, if, if you haven't, I would, I would look that one up and listen to it if you haven't, if you've never listened to Unashamed, and just listen to, uh, the be, it was called The Best of Cy Robertson. So there's all kinds of things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that would, would show you that you think you might be doing okay, but really you're not. Okay, all right, at, we were at uh, 20, all right, 21. We read 21, or anything that is thy neighbor. So that's do not covet. Because if you covet, that could possibly lead to murder. It could lead to stealing from somebody. It could lead to uh, bearing false witness, saying something bad about somebody. You want to be... They're, they're taking, maybe it could be they're taking your position that you feel like you are entitled to. They beat you out of something that you're, you're attaining to. And you slander them, bear false witness against them, so they'll get in trouble. I, I can remember, I mean, it probably happened to all of us. Sometimes we don't even know what happened. But... And then, of course, if you covet your, na your neighbor's wife, but that could also say uh, your neighbor's spouse. It, it goes both ways. You know, a woman could covet uh, her neighbor's husband. So any of that, could, that, would, that would re could result in adultery. So if you can get that thou shalt not covet down, it would help with the others and how do you get thou shalt not covet if you can go to the number one? Have no other gods before me. So anything that you would covet so much so that you would kill somebody for, that you would destroy their reputation for, that's an idol. And you're putting that before God. So if you can get commandment number one and the greatest commandment that is spoken of in Deuteronomy 6, that Jesus told people when they asked, what's the greatest commandment? 
And that's the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then in Mark it says strength. 22, 22. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness with a great voice, and he added no more. I'm not finished reading that verse, but it says, and he added no more. Well, we know that the nation of Israel had 613 laws. But is this saying that God gave 10 and that was enough? Does that take care, if you only had the 10, does that, is that the base? Are all the other laws just, just uh, um, more detailed parts of what's already here in the 10? Probably so. I think these 10 cover everything really, really well, but because of mankind being so hard-headed that things need to be broken down, more and more laws were added. But that is an interesting statement right there, isn't it? Makes you think. What exactly is he saying right there? And he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. Moses is telling this. And it came to pass when ye heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that ye came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribe, tribes and your elders. And ye said, Behold, the Lord our God hath showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doeth talk with man, and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us, if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say, and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee, and we will hear it, and do it. Was that a true statement? Not at all. So this is what Moses is reminding them, that this is what y'all did, your, your forefathers, wanted me to go talk to God, and you said all the right things. You said that you would actually listen and hear what the Lord God said, and we will follow it, we will do it. But they didn't. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me, and the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. So they said the right things, and he was impressed that they had a... God was acknowledging that they weren't worthy to come into his presence or even to hear his voice. So he's, what he's saying here, I think, I think what this is saying is, God's not saying that 
they're going to follow everything because he knows they're not. He knows. He's, a, he's an all-knowing God. He knows they're not, but he's very impressed with them by saying that they fear him, and they should. Am I at 29? Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. So he's saying, you know what? It sure would be nice if they really meant what they said and they would really keep my commandments. That would be great. Go say to them, get you into your tents again. But as for thee, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. Ye shall observe to do, therefore, as the Lord your God hath commanded you, ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live, and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. That's chapter 5. And we could, we could go back through all these commandments and talk in more detail and see things in the New Testament that lines up with them. Um, the next section of this, when we get into 6, when you get over to verse 4, now we, I read this last week, that's the great, the great commandment. When you get to 4, and 4 through 9 is where... It, you ever heard of the... Uh, what is it called? The little, they put, they'll put the little thing on their forehead. They put uh, phylacteries. Phylacteries? It's like a little box, and they got Scripture inside of it. And then the, the nation of Israel from, from back then, and, and you're going to see, this is what they were to remember and to teach their children. And they would... Well, let's, let's go ahead and read this because we've got all of 2023, I'm thinking, to, get, to go back through these Ten Commandments and stuff. I think we got some time. I mean, the Lord could come back at any time. We don't know. But if He does, we, don't, we won't need to be here. We'll be in a really good shape. Chapter 6... Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. Again, remember, we take this as they needed all this so that they can do well in that land of promise, the promised land. We, when we go through that Jordan like they did to get to the promised land, when we go through that Jordan, we are, we die, we're buried with Jesus, and then we're raised to walk up, and we're, it's our new life. Our Christian walk is our promised land on this earth. Think of it that way. So we need to know what His commandments are, 
not that you try to keep them all to be saved, because that's impossible. Don't ever forget that. But that those Ten Commandments showed us that we can't do it and we need a Savior. We need mercy and grace. Uh, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Now here uh, it says, Hear, O Israel, in verse 4, The Lord our God is one Lord, thou sh and, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So right, starting right there in verse 4 down to 9 is what they would say on a daily basis along with some other scriptures in different places. And we're not going to get to those tonight because we're almost done, but we might touch on those next week. So, so let's do 6, 7, 8, and 9, and we'll be done. But notice, this is what they would write, the, the, those things they would put on their hand. They literally put these things on their hand and on their forehead. And you'll see why they do it, but I think they missed something by doing those things? 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. It needs to be in your heart. They literally put them on their hands and on their forehead. Okay? And thou shalt teach them diligently, and you'll see why they do it when I get there, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. So when you're sitting around the house, you need, to be, you need to be talking about all these commandments and statutes and judgments. You need to be bringing them up. And when thou walkest by the way. When you get up from your house and you're walking down to wherever you're going, you're supposed to be still talking about it and teaching your kids when thou liest down. That's why you pray to your little kids at night before they go to sleep. And when thou risest up, first thing you do when you, when you wake up, you should be thinking about all those things. That covers most of your day, doesn't it? Most of your 24 hours. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Now, the hand, the things you do, the works you do shows something about what you really believe and what your eyes look at, and that's the gateway for everything in your world to come into you through your eyes and, and your ears. So I think there's more to it than actually putting things on your hand and on your forehead. This needed to be taken, I think, more spiritually, and nine, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. So there are people 
today who take this right here pretty literal and they want to, um, I mean, there's people who will write scripture on the doorpost of their house. When you walk in, there, there are people, if you, if you uh, pay attention to their door, you may see some discoloration where they take olive oil and they anoint their doorpost. So you walk into their house, you're walking through some blessing. You know, uh, they pray over their house and they literally put oil and maybe write scriptures on their on their uh, on their house. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then even the gates, before you even get to the house, there may be some scripture on that because of what we read out of the Bible. People who know their Bibles very well, they you, they will do things like that. I've met people who have a sanctuary like this in their home. It's nowhere near as big, it, it, and it may actually have a small pew or two in the room. Now, I can't remember who they were, but we, I'm pretty sure it was my, my dad and myself had gone over to somebody's house to price something, do work for them, and the person knew me that I went to church and all that, and they were so happy to take me into this room. And uh, we opened up that door. It was a, like a miniature sanctuary. It had, had a little pulpit there. It had little pews out in the, in the room, and that room was dedicated for them going in. First thing in the morning when they woke up, they'd go in there and worship and pray. It's it pretty impressive. So, so people, uh, you know, will take these things and actually do them physically when a lot of it really was meant to be in the heart and spiritual. You know, on, you know if, you, if you put the scripture on your hand, that means everything you go to do, people should notice something different about you on the things that you do called the little works of your hands. All right, so we got through 9 of chapter 6, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your commandments and your statutes and your judgments. And Father, this wonderful, what we call the Old Testament. And Father, we, we thank you for the people that you use, the, the, the heroes of the faith that were obedient to you, that you used. And Father, we, each and every one of us here, would like to be used by you in some way. Father, help us to see the gifts that you have given us. Father, I pray that we would, we would want to use those gifts to honor you, to, to go out into this world and to, uh, to minister in, in the ways that you have given us. Father, I pray that we would be more like Uncle Si to where when we meet somebody, what's in our mind is how can I introduce Jesus to this person? Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.